all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Today's disaster is full of Russian names, but that's not the name is of the Is that the name of the... Oh, no. okay. <laughs> the Dyatlov Pass Incident. Okay. Have you ever I, heard of it? I, I'm not even sure. Uh, that could have been in an alien language, and I've been like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I had not heard of it either until I was Googling terrible things. Uh, Dyatlov? Dyatlov. Dyatlov? D-Y-A-T-L-O-V. Dyatlov. 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 Dyatlov Pass Incident. Pass Incident. Dyatlov Pass Incident. So based on that, the Dyatlov Pass <clears throat> Incident, what does that sound like to you, if anything? Uh, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the first family that tried to go over the, the Rockies. Oh, okay. And uh, they decided to do it in the winter, and they wound up cannibalizing themselves. Really? Um, I'll have to look that up. The Donner Pass, I think that's called. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Well, that will be a future. Yeah. All bad things. You're on the right track, though. That, that's is. what it sounds like to me. Like a, mm -hmm. Because it's Russia, I don't, I don't know anything when this happened or where. I, to me, it doesn't seem like Russia would ever be a place where they had stagecoaches. I think they had, like, other things. So, but I, I'm getting off on a tangent already because I have no idea w what period of time this happened. You're on the right track that it is about mountains. Okay. Yeah. And it is Russia, specifically. Yes. Well, I, I, I do watch a lot of uh, NHL hockey. So, so, so I, I'm very, well, I'm used to weird sounding names right. and especially a lot of Russian names. There's mm -hmm. plenty of Russians that play in the NHL. So, yeah. but yeah, Dyatlov, that Dyatlov. was a little, like if you saw um, Pavel Datsuk, one of the greatest centers of all time. Um, but if you saw his last name, you would have no idea how to say it. Mm. It's D-A-T-S-Y-U-K. So you Datsuk? think... Datsuk? But it's Datsuk. It's Datsuk, just like... Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Well, I, at first I thought it was Dyatlov, like almost like Molotov, but then I thought, right. no, it's probably Dyatlov. 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 Like, Nyet? Yeah. It's not Nyet, it's Nyet. Yeah. They have, yeah. a, they have a suddenness with their language. Yes, yes. So I'm going to be basically... I grew up in South Florida, so I'm probably going to be saying all this with a Spanish accent. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> I grew up near Canada, and you'll hear me say sorry occasionally. Sorry in tomorrow, in orange. <laughs> but, so, all my Russian knowledge it comes from, like, Rocky and Bullwinkle. And Boris and Natasha. Okay. So. Uh, but... This is... Speaking of Canadian. Uh, <laughs> Rocky and Bullwinkle. Was it really? I yes, didn't know that. Yes, that is a Canadian show. Cartoon. Okay. Yes. Oh. Eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is our first mystery on all bad things. Okay. This will not be tied up in a nice, neat little bow. Oh. There's going to be speculation. Okay. Abounding. Speculation is fun. Yes. Yes. So, 
Right now I'm speculating by how many how many pages are you holding in your hand? It's it looks not, like a lot. It looks like a lot. It's not one, two That's five. Three, four of notes. Oh. One yeah. page of sources oh. and one page of photos so that oh. you can see Paste, pasty white Russian people? Yeah. Also people who died? Victims. You can see victims. Well, uh, well, let me... Oh, okay. We'll get to that. Let me hand that over. Yes, yeah. yes. So... Hand, hand, me, hand me their faces after they die. <laughs> oh. Not before. Yeah. Or, or when we get to them in the story. Anyway. When we get to them dying, I want to see what they at least looked like in, in a picture once. Yeah. And there are... Unfortunately, there are pictures out there, and I've seen them of... Of them dead? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see yeah. those. No, I, I don't suggest it. Yeah. So, let me set the stage here. On February 20th, 1959. 1959. Okay, so this is when we're getting, really getting going on the Cold War. Yes, this is the Soviet Union. This is not Mm -hmm. Russia. This is the Soviet Union, right? Um, So, on February 20th, 1959, a search and rescue party was sent to the northern Ural Mountains in the Soviet Union. Uh, This search and rescue party was looking for nine people who had gone missing on a ski trek through the mountains. Ah. Uh, They found the group's tent on February 26th, and by May 4th had found all nine hikers dead. And we'll get into why it took a couple months to find them all. Okay. All right. Doesn't sound like it's a... Not a great reason. Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't find them alive. Yeah. Found them all dead. So... This expedition that these trekkers were on. Uh, the Ural Mountains run basically like north to south uh, on the border between Asia and Europe. So on the very western part of Russia. Right. And kids who are looking this up at home, we're talking about the USSR. We're not talking about modern day Russia. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we're, t- we're talking about when the USSR had all these satellite nations that they currently don't have. Right, So yes. if you're looking up at a map of Russia today, you'd be like, well, it's pretty big, but come on. Look up a map of the Soviet Union. Right. It is colossal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was the biggest yeah. country, at, I think it still is, on, on Earth, but it was even... Landmass-wise. Yes. Yeah. But I, I think it still is, but it's not close to as big as what it used to be. Right, because it used to have other territories, mm-hmm. yeah. So, the Ural Mountains run from the Arctic Ocean in the north to Kazakhstan in the okay. south. So, all the way down Russia. Uh, and it's the conventional boundary that separates Asia from Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's among the world's oldest existing mountain ranges, which is I found interesting, uh, <clears throat> about 250 to 300 million years old. It's a very old mountains. It's pretty old. The group that went on this ill-fated ski trek were mostly students or graduates of Ural Polytechnic Institute. Okay, so we're talking uh, like 18 to 22-year-olds? We'll get it. Yep, yep, we'll get it. 20s, basically. Uh, The group was led by Igor... Okay, here's where the Russian starts. All right, let's get into it. Igor Alexievich Dyatlov. Sure. Age 23. Now, does that name sound familiar? Dyatlov. Mm, oh yes, because it's the the pass. So that really confused me. That well, why is his Did name Dyatlov? They named the pass after him. Okay, that's after the fact. Yeah, after the party, basically, because he was the leader. 
yeah, of this oh, okay. expedition. So yes, the pass was actually named after him. Yeah, well, that, makes, that makes that makes sense. The uh, that makes sense. That would be the first name you'd read off. Right. Like if it yes. was like in the middle, you'd be like. Uh, like, why wasn't this guy's name up top? They named it after him. Yeah. Right, and that's so. him in the middle of these pictures at the top. Igor Dyatlov. He looks like a 23-year-old Russian in 1959. That's exactly what he was, <laughs> yep. So the rest of the group consisted of six men and two women, so a total of nine people, seven men, two women. And they were... <clears throat> There's some great names on here. You ready? Yes. Yuri... Nikolaevich Doroshenko. Oh, you have their full... Okay, on I this, it just has names, their... Yeah. On this, it yep. just has their first and last yep. name. Okay. So, Doroshenko, age 21. I would say, I'd say that's an accurate mm-hmm. pronunciation. Lyudmila... That's a tough one. Alexandrovna Dubnina. Du- Dubnina. Dubnina. No, I don't think Nina? it's Nina. No, it's not that's Spanish. true. It's not, yeah. Not Nina Pinta Santa Maria. Um, she was age 20. Okay. Uh, Yuri... Alexievich Krivonoshenko, Krivonoshenko, age 23. There was uh, a player in the NHL, his last name was Krusholneski. Hmm, very good. Alexander Sergeyevich um, Kolevitov, age 24. Zineda Alexievna Kolmogorova. Can, can I can I do my, my favorite one? Oh, uh, well. It's it's. Uh, is it Thibaut? It's that one. Oh, <laughs> he's I, the last really, one. I'll let yes, you do him. Yes, I really want. Okay. I really want to do this one. Are you gonna? Well, you'll. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's a surprise. <laughs> so she was twenty-two. Uh, Zineda. Then Rustem Vladimirovich. Slobodin. See, he you, sounds you, like you, a, you rolled at the beginning. I don't think they do that in Russia. Rustem? Yeah, I, I don't They're know. not Ruskis? I don't think so. They might Rustem? They might be the Latinos, but I don't know. Well, that's the th- I think I'm speaking with a Spanish accent. Well, Russia. that's why I did the uh, Dubaninia. And you were like, no. Yeah, no, that's definitely... It's not an Enya. But I think so is the rolling. Okay, so Rustem... Either that or I'm jealous because I just can't do it. <laughs> Vladimirovich Slobodin. Slobodin does Slobodin. sound like a hockey yeah. player. Age 23. Nikolai Vladimirovich Thibaut Brignoles. Brignoles. It sounds French, I think. Age 23. Uh, Th- this is a good one too. This this is the uh, the coach of the hockey team. Semyon Alexievich Zolotoryov. Semyon. No, it's S E Y M O N. On my copy, it says S E M Y. So there's different. I've saw different um, spellings of this. Okay. So I think it's like Simon, but Semyon. Semyon. Semyon is what I saw. Um, Alexievich Zolotaryov, age 38. Mm, so, yeah, he looks like the, uh, yeah, he's yeah. okay. Yeah. So it, I found some reference to the fact that he may have actually joined up with their group after they started. Well, right, because you said it was nine. It's about to be a list of ten. Well, yeah, but, but here's the thing. He, we'll get into that, but, uh, he, if, if the, and I only saw this in one place, which makes me feel a little weird about it, but it seems as though he was a solo hiker who joined them on their second day of the expedition. Okay. But we'll, we'll keep going. Okay. All right, and, and so but I'm guessing the that's, age difference. Yes, I'm yeah. guessing that's kind of where some of the conspiracies come in. Uh, non-resolutions. Surprisingly, no. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, and then now you can get the last one. Yeah, this is if you had to come up with a uh, a Russian goalie name, like <laughs> this would be it. Yuri Yudin. <laughs> yes, Yuri Yudin. Yuri Yuri Yudin with this glove save. <laughs> His full name was Yuri Yefimovich Yudin. Yuri Yefimovich Yudin. Yes, age twenty one. He shuts it down in the corner. Do I don't you, know why. I just, how did I go from a Russian <laughs> to a British accent? I don't know. Doing a hockey game that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> cool. But 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 anyway, Yuri Yudin would be that that guy's got goalie. Written all over him. Did you name. did you notice there are three Yoris out of ten? I did. Yes. <laughs> um, and I one Semyon at... and a Boris. You have to have a Boris. There's not a Boris. Or not a Boris. Uh, Igor. Igor. There's yes. Igor. Um, so I looked up Yuri. It's basically George in Russian. That's and this is 1959, okay. so it's a common name. It, it it makes sense. Okay. All right. Anyway, That's so those are our ten people. Now, how many did I say died? You said nine. I did say nine. We're gonna get to that. Oh, it's going to be Semyon. Who, who survives? Or is it? <laughs> or is it? Because I really have no idea. I've never, <laughs> I've never even heard of this thing. So the goal of this group of 10 people whose names were difficult for a 2017 English native speaker to pronounce was to reach Otorten. 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 Some, one of those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of those pronunciations, I'm guessing. What? The, what? It... Otorten is the name of a mountain. Okay. About six miles north of where the incident, the incident took place. The route they chose was a category three, meaning that it was the most difficult type of oh, expedition. That I was going to say it was right in the middle. Uh, actually, yeah, no. But everyone in the group was experienced with difficult expeditions. So this was not like a bunch of beginners So it wasn't like they were a bunch of dummies. No, they they knew what they were doing. So prior to leaving for this trip, um, Dyatlov, Igor, our fearless leader, said he would telegram the group's sports club when they got back to their starting points. They were starting at one spot, going out, coming back. Um... (sighs) I have, I, continue on. Okay. I, I, I think I have an idea. Okay. I think. So they started their expedition on January 27th, 1959 in Vizhai, which is the last inhabited settlement on the northern, of the northern province of, you ready? Sverdlovsk Oblast. Absolutely. That's that's where we're going for our honeymoon. <laughs> Sverdlovsk Oblast. <laughs> it just, there's, it there's just sounds many, like a place you want to be, right? There's too many V's in Russian. I'm yeah. Sorry. Plus, it, it sounds like somebody's lair somewhere. So I, I'm not <laughs> sure I ever want to be there. <laughs> so the next day, January 28th. So they started out January 27th. On January 28th, Yuri Yudin, our goalie, our goalie. got sick. Mm. Had to turn back. Uh, oh. He got away with his life. He was the sole survivor of this group uh. because he wasn't in, around when what went down went down. Uh, and he lived to be 75, so he lived quite a, mm-hmm. quite a while after. So because of diaries and cameras that were found near their last campsite, some information is available about the events leading up to these deaths of these nine group members. Okay. On January 31st, the group arrived at the edge of a highland area 
to get ready to climb. Okay. They're actually going to start climbing in this pass. They put some provisions, supplies and food and such, um, in an abandoned house in a wooden wooded valley. Okay. So that they could get them when they came back. Remember, they were starting from one point, going right. out, coming back in. On February 1st, they started moving through the actual pass that was later named for Dyatlov. Uh, so their plan was likely to set up camp on the other side of the pass. So they were going to try and go all the way through that day. But increasing snowstorms, mm-hmm. poor visibility, uh, likely caused them to lose their direction. I was ge- I was kind of waiting for you to mention weather. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't say anything earlier. But I was thinking one. I was like, it was either an avalanche or like a really bad snowstorm. I was like, it's got it's got to be one or the other. Or is it? Or is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they deviated to the west. They went west of their planned trajectory towards the top of Kolat Siakl. Okay. Uh, so that is a. A translated uh, an- an- another fine tourist destination, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it translates into doesn't sound creepy at all. Yeah, it translates into dead mountain. Okay, yeah, let's go. Uh, although it's the- only a class three, babe. <laughs> let's do it. Although it basically that translation just basically means that there weren't wasn't any game in the mountains. There was nothing to hunt. That's why it was quote dead. Yeah. It, it wasn't like people died there. Although <laughs> that's what was going to happen. Or was it? <laughs> or was it? So the group realized that they had made a mistake, that they had gone off in the wrong direction, but they decided to stay where they were in camp on the side of this mountain. Uh, There was a wooded area about a mile downhill that they could have stayed at with more shelter, Uh, but they, Yuri Yudin, our goalie, Mm -hmm. um, speculated that Dyatlov, the leader, either didn't want to lose the altitude they had gained because they were trying to climb, so they they didn't want to kind of lose some ground, um, or he just wanted to practice camping on a slope. A little bit of a challenge. Okay. Okay. That's... Something I don't ever want to practice, by the way. Yeah, no. (laughs) So that's the end of what is known. What is known. About what happened. The rest is just putting together the pieces after the fact. So, do they find the bodies in another place other than the two places you just... Let me continue. Okay. Yes. This is headlined, The Discovery. Mm-hmm. So, by February... And this, this is, I'm sorry, from when they were reported missing to when they were found was, I think, like about two months? What was the first day of the expedition? I can't remember. Uh, January 27th. Okay. The last day where there was information known was February 1st. That's when they camped on the side of this mountain. Right. February 20th was when the search party found the first. Oh, okay. So it was yeah. just over a month. So by February 12th, that was the day that um, they were expected to be telegramming back to okay. say we made it and everything. Um, no one had heard from them. But it wasn't unheard of. Sure, they're in the frickin' mountains. Right. So a few days, you know... Whatever. Late wasn't necessarily... Yeah, it's not like they had a frickin' Facebook account in 1950. (laughs) Like, oh, camping on the side of the mountain. Exactly, exactly. Um, So So no one really did anything. So if a telegram's a couple of days late, it's no reason to panic. But by February 20th, 
relatives, which is all, which is eight days after they expected yes. the telegram, a- and they finally sent out a search party, but be- that was only because relatives started getting really worried. And they're like, oh yeah, we haven't heard from these people in almost three weeks, and they were like, no, go go find them. So the head of the Euro Polytechnical Institute sent out the first rescue group. Of volunteer students and teachers. Okay. So I, I got my dates wrong a little bit. February 26th was when they found the first okay. bodies. February 20th was when they started the search party. So they had to search for almost a week before they found anything. Um, and militia forces, so Soviet military forces, mm-hmm. uh, joined in sure. with air support as well um, to the search. So on February 26th, they found this campsite. Remember, they had deviated Mm -hmm. from their known trajectory, so this was not necessarily what they were expecting to find, but they... So it took them a little while, but they did find it. So initially, because it took them six days to find the first person, Mm -hmm. initially they were probably just looking in the wrong place. They were probably looking the way that they had planned to go, yeah. Or the nearby area. there's nothing there, so like, Mm -hmm. we we should probably look somewhere else. Finally, like, spread out enough to to find this campsite. So here's what they found. They found the group's tent abandoned, so nobody was in it. The tent had been cut open from the inside. Oh, okay. All right, cut open from the inside. Their belongings were still in there, including shoes. Something you'd want to have on a mountain. Yes. If you don't have them already. Now, leading away from the tent were nine sets of footprints. Some of these footprints showed that people were wearing only socks. Some were wearing one shoe. Some were barefoot. Okay. Well, this is uh, taking Uh a strange Uh X-Files type of turn. So, there was... uh, uh, The footprints... We're headed towards this wooded area um, about a mile away on the opposite side of the pass. That's where the footprints were headed, but they were covered over with snow after like a third of of a mile. Because they didn't find them for a while. Well, no, they kept going in the direction of these footprints, assuming it was towards the woods, and they were right. Okay. So at the edge of the forest ahead, they, as they followed the trajectory of these, where they thought these footprints might be going, under a large cedar tree at the edge of these woods, they found the remains of a small fire. Okay. And the first two bodies. Okay. So the t- first two bodies were those of Yuri Krivonyshenko. Okay. And Yuri Doroshenko. So we got both Yuris. Oh, no, there's Two one Yuri Yuris. left. Well, no, the one the, Yuri left. The one Yuri left is already out yeah, of the picture. Yeah, so all the Yuris are, all the Yuris are gone. accounted for. Mm-hmm. So both of these Yuris had no shoes on. As suggested by the footprints from earlier that they found. And they were dressed only in underwear. Okay. So mm-hmm. as if somebody was leading them somewhere. Well, let's Possibly. keep going. Mm. Possibly. Possibly Or Semyon. were they? <laughs> you really don't like Samyon, do you? Uh, he looks... Well, he just like... Who's just out on the mountain by themselves? <laughs> Honestly. Thank, thankfully, this was empty. <laughs> there you go. Um, but that's... As soon as he got introduced, now he's, what, 36, 38? And just his, like, look at his picture next to everybody else. There's just something up with this dude. You know? Like, 
who's out like oh i was just by myself hey i found a group of guys like yeah we're all just do you want me to disappoint you now or later that that's not where this is headed um i already did yeah you just (laughs) but that's that's if i'm writing a movie i gotcha you know what i mean like Uh it's oh we found an old man in the woods Uh he's gonna show us the way Uh in nothing but our underwear so yori and yori no shoes only an underwear under this cedar tree and the branches of the cedar tree that they were under were broken up to 16 feet high. Hmm. So it was... Okay, this is, it, this oh, is weird. It was suggested that maybe they climbed, were trying to climb to, in an attempt to find their way back to their campsite. At this point, they were a mile away in the snow. <laughs> with, no, it's, with nothing on with but underwear. Nothing, yeah. So, there's something weird. There's just... Oh, there's a lot weird. It keeps going. Remember, these are only two people. There's seven more there's people seven to There's seven more to go. To. Between the cedar tree and the camp, so on the trajectory between the, the cedar tree and the camp, they found three more bodies. Okay. They found Dyatlov, the leader, Zineda Kolmogova, and Rustem, Rustem Slobodin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seemed to have died in poses suggesting they were headed back towards the tent, not away from the tent. Okay. Um, and they were, I think it's thunder. Oh, okay. And they were found separated by several hundred feet. So they weren't just like all in a clump or anything. So. Okay. So now and they we were headed in that direction going. That's what it appeared. Yes. Okay. So we found five of them, right? Yep. They didn't find the other four people until May 4th. Oh. Yeah. They were found under 13 feet of snow in a ravine 200 feet farther into the woods from that cedar tree where they found the first bodies. So these are the the last four people. So so uh, that sounds Yudmila, like it was a really shitty way to go. Oh well, keep go. Let's keep going. Yudmila uh, Dubinina, Alexander Kolevatov, Nikolai Tibido Brinoles, and Simon Zolotaryov. So they were all found. They all had more clothing on than the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, including the clothing of other people who had already been found dead. So oh, not just their own clothing, but okay, the clothing yeah, from I gotcha. other people. I gotcha. Suggested that they had maybe been the last to die and had taken the clothing from the other people who were already dead. So, for example, Zolotaryov was wearing Dubinina's coat and hat. Okay. Dubinina's foot was wrapped in part of Krivonyshenko's pants. Okay. So the scene is the campsite, right? Yes. Between the campsite and the cedar tree, Mm -hmm. three bodies looking like they were trying to head back in towards the tent. Mm -hmm. Two bodies by a fire remains by the cedar tree. With broken branches above them. Yes. Farther into the woods, four bodies. And it's going to get weirder. Oh, as if it could. <laughs> All right. Um, so I already gave it away. It's unknown what happened to precipitate their positioning, 
Like, this is still all it's, a mystery. It's, it's all speculation. But their physiological causes of death were concluded. Okay. So, like, what killed them? Okay. The first five of the trekkers who were found, so the two under the cedar tree, the three who were headed back to the camp, all died of hypothermia. Okay. So they, they froze to death. Um, temperatures were 12 to 30 degrees below, below yeah. Fahrenheit. We're talking, yes. we're talking mountains in, in one of the most Russia. desolate places on Earth. Mm-hmm. There's a reason it's desolate. Yes. Because <laughs> it's, it's so cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Rustem Slobodin did actually have a small crack in his skull. Which could have meant he fell. But or, yeah. it, it, it did not appear to be fatal. Right. It appeared he froze to death. Right. Um, and Yuri Krivonyshenko and Yuri Doroshenko, the two who died by the fire, mm-hmm. also had some burns on their body, minor injuries on their hands, but again, not fatal. And I guess potentially, didn't really go into this in the research I found, but they started a fire. Maybe they got too close or I, I don't know. Who knows? Um... And then, let's see, who's the one? There's one more person of the other four who were found. Define there. Okay. Of Of the remaining four who were found, Alexander Kolevitov also died of hypothermia. Okay. Now we've got three more people. A little more mysterious. The first first six are all hypothermia. are, Are all hypothermia. Nikolai Thibodeau Brunolis died, not of hypothermia, but of a major skull fracture. Okay. A head wound. He right. died of a head wound. Yudmila Dubinina and Semon Zolotaryov died of major chest fractures. Okay. All right. The force required to cause their injuries would have had to be really high, like the like a car crash is how it was. Well, they described. were found under are these the, feet of snow, right? So, yeah. What's more, they had no external wounds. This was all internal damage. Okay. All right. Um, except in one case, Lyudmila Dumnina did have major external injuries. Her tongue, eyes, and part of her lips, as well as some of her face, and a fragment of her skull were missing. That's fucked up. Yeah. No eyes, no tongue, missing part of her mouth, her and, face, and part and of her face. skull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is possible that she was... It is claimed she was found... Face down in a stream under the snow. Okay. Uh, and that those that decomposition could have this caused is... the tissue damage. Okay. So in a wet environment, that that's been at least proffered. Whatever caused any of these injuries, or and and whenever, however, they died of hypothermia. Like, why they were out there, they did die six to eight hours after their last meal. Okay. So this wasn't a long protracted thing if and when they, you know, when they died was not days after they left that tent. Pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, it was within eight hours, Mm -hmm. roughly, at, at, at longest, you know. 
So this is 1959 Soviet Russia, right? Yes. So there's some (laughs) big... The the good old days. (laughs) There's some chunks of missing information on this as to, like, the investigation and what happened... Well, this is this is at a time where, as as the slogan is now, like fake news. This is that when you, it was really fake news that was coming out. Cause or just it, hidden. Because it was, or yeah, one or the other. Because yeah. the stuff they put out was just put out in a way that only they, you know. And and again, this is 1959 uh-huh. when there could be a nuclear war between the USA and Russia and the yeah. USSR any fucking day. Yeah. So yeah, tensions are pretty high at this time on yeah. uh, on Earth. Yes, yeah, not just in... Kind of, kind of what we've been feeling recently. Yeah, yeah, very true. So the investigation was closed in May 1959. Now, remember, they found the last of the bodies May 4th, mm-hmm. 1959, so this got closed pretty fast. Yeah, like, oh, that's the last one. Uh-huh. And it was called death by, quote, a compelling natural force. Yeah, I mean it's it's really vague, but that's kind of where I'm thinking. That's that's what I'm thinking the okay, whole time. Well, we'll is, get into that. Okay. So uh, there was no guilty party to charge, so there was no criminal charges brought. Um, the files yeah, my, were my, my theory on Semyon did not work out. It did. It didn't, especially because he was one of the people who um, was found with a chest fracture. Mm-hmm. So right. Uh, so the files were kept classified, and partial copies of the case file only became available in the 90s. Okay. So not even the whole case file. So the autopsy photos are available. Not They're sure rough. Gonna, yeah. They're rough. Did you see them? I did. Uh, I did look at them. I can handle quite a bit when it comes to autopsy photos. Yeah, no, I don't love them myself. No, like, no. Like, I, I can do some of the craziest horror movies you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Because it's fake, like it's a, it's a right, movie. Like I know right. it's fake. Uh huh. It's it's different when it's yeah. when it, for me. Like I can't look at that kind of stuff. Well, see, I I I don't know how I would do like seeing it in real life, but pictures. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't. Well, it it doesn't like I've seen nine eleven things a million times. There's there's a lot of people dying in that stuff. Um, <laughs> yes, actually, a lot three thousand. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you actually see. Like, the people that you see falling out of the... You know, like, that person. Well, yes, died. yes, uh-huh. And, like, the the first time I watched uh, our very first topic, the uh, Station oh, Nightclub yeah. fire, once he panned back to the door where all those mm-hmm. people were stuck trying to get out, I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm done. I did go, like, a couple days later and watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of wish I hadn't. Yeah. But, yeah, there's just... There's something about... For, yeah. I think part of it for me, um, when I was a kid, like 14, 13, 14, one of my favorite shows, because I would watch a lot of reruns of classic TV, was Quincy M.E. Mm-hmm. And he was a medical... I wanted to be a coroner for a while. <laughs> uh, hardcore punk, which is not something oh. you hear unless you're trying to hear it, uh-huh. uh, makes a small feature in it that, does. In that television show. It does, nowhere. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. I really wish it was a real hardcore <laughs> punk song. Um, Whoever wrote that for the show should get back together and actually do it. Guest starring Melora Harden. Yes. But, so, I, I think my fascination with it is that, you know, a lot of investigations have to do with the bodies. The bodies well, tell sure. a story, you know? They, they leave evidence, and... The in this situation, the bodies 
were the ones who died of hypothermia were frozen in mm-hmm. position. Yeah. And rigor mortis had set in, so they were set in their positions. Um, and it it was clear they had died in an excruciating way, it, which is very sad. Um, the the last three bodies or four bodies were, were badly decomposed mm-hmm. because they had been found, you know, <clears throat> under much thirteen later, feet under of snow. snow. Yeah. So it yeah they're they're grisly pictures. They're they're rough pictures, and you just feel. I mean, these are except for um, yeah, Seaman. Yeah. Uh, still fairly young. He's they're 38. all young. Yeah, they're yeah. all young, and yeah. it, it's really sad that 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 happened to them. And there there are also some pictures. Because remember, there are cameras and diaries. Mm. There are pictures too of them, of them on, on the them. trip. Yeah, and they're like smiling and, and even, hugging each other. And yeah, that's e- there's something even creepier about that. I know, right? Like you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> on to the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of theories about what happened to these nine people, and a lot of it has conflicting evidence. There's also a fair amount of, like, conspiracy theories. Sure. I found one website that seemed really helpful until I realized that it seemed to be going off on its own sort of theory of what happened. And given the... I used to think conspiracy theories were, like, fun and harmless. They but used to be. They used to be. Yeah. But given the recent political climate, I oh, feel like given... I feel like giving too much ground to conspiracy theories is probably not a wise idea. So I'm not going to go too far into those conspiracy theories. Um, basically... They were indicating some sort of cover-up, which we'll kind of get into. But So, one theory was that they died at the hands of the Mansi people. Now, the Mansi people were the indigenous people to this region. Okay. Um, or, now that was one suspicion. So they were like Ewoks. No, they were people. They were Ewoks. <laughs> That's all I was picturing, though. It was like they, like, e- they came across Ewoks. No, they're oh. humans. Okay. <laughs> Do they have any Ewoks? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, this isn't Haw. Did I get <laughs> Very good. Yes, I got you it did. this time. I got it this Talk time. Talk about a ding, ding, ding. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Tatooine is you the have, desert planet. You people at home have no idea how proud I am right now. <laughs> you have taught me well, Master I Jedi have. Master. Yes. You're, you're a very, very good Padawan. Thank you. Yes. Okay. That's a compliment. Okay, thank you. So, so... These people are indigenous to the region. Some people claim the group was attacked by these people, which could pretty clearly have some like racist undertones. The indigenous people were the ones who killed them. There, there's there's something kind of fun about that. Well, kind no, of. No, here's the problem with it. How many sets of footprints were found? Uh, did you say nine sets? Yeah. Okay. And how many people died? Nine. So it's just them. It's just them. Yeah. There was no evidence of yeah. any other people. Not just these Mansi people, but. But anybody. It's, yeah. It was and, these and, nine and, people. and plus, because nobody, really, except for them, know what happened. And right. Some of them, like like the four under the 13 well, feet of snow, they might have had just a pile of snow fall on them and that was it. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Well, and here's the other thing the people who did die of injuries, there was no external, there were no external it, wounds. It was, if they had been attacked by a, a person, right. it, it would have shown external injuries. There would be, as they say, because we both watch a lot of crime shows here and there, there would be defensive wounds. Yes. If they were trying to, like, if it, I mean, it, it could be a could be a couple of bears. Mm-hmm. A couple of bears in Siberia can take out nine well, people. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing to indicate that. Or is there? 
so the second, another theory is that it was an avalanche, right? 13 feet of snow buried some of them. So the idea... That was just some of them. Well, but the yeah. idea, the, the in this theory, for it to work, the idea was that they were either caught in an avalanche or they thought there was about to be an avalanche um, and they panicked, cut open the tent and ran. Okay. In the middle yeah. of the night, ran into the woods, right? Um, by the time they were trying to make it back to the tent, after the danger had passed, they died of hypothermia. Right. Because they weren't well clothed, you know. So the last four bodies included three of them with injuries, um, which could have been caused by a crush mm-hmm. of snow and Because they were all internal. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Now, the problem is there was no evidence of an avalanche having happened in that area. That's the next thing I was going to yeah. ask. It's like you would know yes. if that had happened or not. Yes, basically. Um, the, the even in, even trees, in 1959, right, there would be a lot of well, stuff that's gone. And remember, the, the ones who were buried were found farther into the woods. Mm-hmm. The trees would have been knocked down. Oh, yeah. A, a lot of the trees would have been knocked down anyway, yeah. right? Um, also, the conditions of that region during that time of year were not necessarily conducive to avalanches. So, uh, and even if there had been an avalanche, in that area of the mountains, the trajectory of any potential avalanche would have missed the tent. Okay. So, it's not... Highly unlikely. It's not very likely, yeah. So, that's the problem with that. Um, Because an avalanche tends to do one thing leave a lot of evidence behind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know if you had one or not. Um, so what about a bear? I, yeah, I mean, that's... But, well, again... Same problems as if it was a person. There were no tracks. Yeah. There there was no sign of external soft tissue damage, which there definitely would have been if the case was a bear attack. Plus, why would they have, like run out of their tent when there was a bear on the outside. Right. Like, how would that have helped? It, it just, it, yeah, it's that doesn't, not... Yeah, that not, it doesn't hold any weight. Right. There's there's not really a great evidence The The that. only thing that possibly... The, the only thing... But this is only for two people. The only place where it does hold weight are the two guys up in the trees. The first two people were there. So, so maybe they climbed the trees. That's the one idea. Uh-huh. Because 16 feet is high enough... Because a bear can shake a tree, but he's not climbing it. But they had also built a fire. Yeah, maybe they did that. At, who knows? Maybe, but, but, yeah. but the other thing I'm thinking is like maybe they climbed up there, like okay, maybe froze to death up there and fell. Yeah. I mean that's uh, that's the yeah. that's the only place where maybe. a bear makes sense. Maybe. I mean, really. Yeah. And the other three people, like they were going all the same way, but they were separated by what, mm-hmm. like 40, 50 feet. A couple hundred feet, yeah. Or a couple hundred feet. So that sounds like they just got fucking lost. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, this, yeah. Yeah. So, now here's a couple other options. Um, So, in 2013, a guy wrote a book, and I forget his name, and I forget the name of the book, so sorry, sir. (laughs) Was it uh, it another Yuri? (laughs) I don't think so. It should be Yuri Uden. (laughs) Yeah, Yuri Uden. He he should have his own. (laughs) He's dead, though. Well, he should have had his own go. conspiracy theory and book. He should have cashed in on that. Uh, I hope well, he did. I mean, I don't... Well, no, he was just more really sad and had survivor's guilt and stuff. That's, That's true, just too. not an easy thing for him. That's true. 
But I hope he did cash it in some well, way. So this hypothesis set forth is that the wind around the pass of the mountains created a Kerman Street, sorry, a Kerman Vortex Street. Um, that doesn't sound good. This has an explanation I looked into but couldn't wrap my brain around. So let's just call so, it... So it's kind of like, we'll just call it the ending of Interstellar? <laughs> right? <laughs> we'll just call it an air disruption. Okay. Now, but... but Which it, probably happens a lot on a mountain. Well, yeah, potentially. Now, this um, air disruption is capable of causing infrasound, which is ultra-low frequency sound. Now, okay. ultra-low-frequency yeah. sound has been shown to be able to cause panic attacks and other physical or mental distress in humans. So the idea is this natural phenomenon occurred. People freak the fuck out. They freaked out. They fled their tent, got away from it, and, and then it was just, too late to get yeah. back, basically. So they were trying to get back and didn't in time, basically. I'll take that over a bear or, it, uh, or, or a cannibal family, whatever they were called. If it were Mythbusters, people. <laughs> if it were Mythbusters, it would be plausible, right? I still I think. Mean, I still think. I still think they met Ewoks at some point. But that's <laughs> okay. And then the last major theory here involves a cover-up. It's the idea that the Soviet military was doing tests oh, nearby okay. this camp had an accident and covered it up. So there are records of the Soviet military testing parachute mines during this time period. Oh, shit. Also called blockbuster bombs. Nice. And these are dropped, bombs that are dropped and then detonate before they hit the ground. And they could potentially cause heavy internal injuries without external soft tissue damage. Um, and other hikers in the vicinity apparently witnessed, quote, glowing orbs. Right. Orange glowing orbs. Which sounds like it would, which sounds like it would fit into a completely different theory. Right. Yeah. Right. I I guess nobody made up the uh, alien conspiracy on this one yet. So the theory goes that the military moved the bodies to cover it up. Um, the photos of the tent supposedly show that it wasn't set up properly, which would be... Like they were just trying to stage it yeah, like, real quick. Experienced like, hikers would have set it up properly. Um, also, someone who went to five of the hikers' funerals said that they looked like they had a, quote, deep brown tan, which could be attributed to a darkening of the skin from radiation exposure. Oh, but it could also be a sign of exposure due to the cold elements. So Well here well out of that, okay, here's the scenario in my head for that theory. Maybe they were doing testing and they were all in this tent and all of a sudden they're like, Holy fuck, it's World War Three and like oh, get wow. out of the tent and like got away from the area where sort they thought was being was being yeah. bombed and then by the way they're like, Okay, now everything has stopped. Okay, how do we fucking find our way back? Right. Like, they just got out of there so quick. I, I that, Maybe. You know, that, that's... Maybe. Not that they got hit by bombs or anything like that. Right. But all of us, like, what the... Like, if... Like, well, if, if you lived in a... Like, near a military base. Right. And... 
I don't know, like one day heard like a bunch of bombs or you, you kind of think maybe in your head like, oh, they're just training or testing or something. But if you're in this strange area in the USSR on a mountain pass that is the highest staged hike, you're probably not expecting anybody else up there either at all. Or if you do run into people, it's other experienced hikers. Right. Not that they're going to be doing... You know, bomb tests and shit in this area. But in that scenario, how did three of them end up with internal injuries? I think being crushed by the snow. You, what, they said that they snow? were found. That you said that they were found. Right. Buried under thirteen feet of snow. Right. But where did that snow come from? It could have come from. I mean, they're in a mountain. It could have come from a ledge on the mountain, like because they were bombing, so things are kind of shaking a little bit. Okay. Those people sound to me literally like a big thing of ice fell on top of them or snow. I would have thought that I would have come across that in my research, though, that they would have said, "Oh yeah," and there was this big ledge that could have. There was no evidence of that. They were just buried under 14 feet of snow. 13. 13 feet of snow. Roughly. Now, they weren't found for another three months, so maybe it just snowed, but why did they have those injuries? Yeah, well, because they were being crushed as the snow. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But that's that's what... This whole... This is this is one where it's it's easy to do speculation because nobody really knows. Yeah, and to this day, and the, uh, other stupid theories have been bandied about like it was a yeti. Yeah. Like, come on. So let's let's just call those what they are, just like really dumbass theories. But. I mean, it, it's it's completely possible that the reason they left the tent is because they got scared off by something. Uh huh. So you can you can start there with the yeti and that, but that's not why they died. Right. No, they died very clearly. They, 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 Six of hypothermia, right. three of injuries. Right. Fractures. So yeah, I mean, what it, it goes back to what caused them to leave their tent? Especially, first of all, I'm I'm wondering like why are why is anybody sleeping in their underwear on the side of a mountain? That like, I what, was what, wondering. Wouldn't you want to be fully clothed at all times just in case you suddenly had to leave? Well, here's... I did read one thing where they were talking about there's a... It was the something or other paradox. The idea that when you're in end stages of hypothermia, you actually feel like you're hot. And so you strip off clothing. Oh, okay. Because your brain is just not working. Yeah. Oh, your your body's feeling something. It's it. That's not actually accurate. But I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you. I was wondering that myself. Like, yeah, why are they not all bundled up? There were other like. And the only the only thing I can think of for that would be like when you when you're in a cold environment or you're shivering or something like that. Like they like to drown. Like people who have drowned. Like they 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 get cold. You're supposed to pretty much strip off all your clothing except for your underwear, and your own body heat will warm somebody like up faster, skin, yeah. much faster than like a blanket or anything mm-hmm. else does. Mm-hmm. So that could be that's yeah. the only thing I can think of. But still, you're on a, a class three mountain, a category category three, three hike hike. So I would think in your mind you have to be ready to go at all times. Yeah, it's you know it, it stay is fully kind of clothed strange. with all your you know. And then there, there were some more salacious ideas, like there was some sort of jealousy or sexual tension or whatever, but by all accounts, there was no reason to believe that that was the case. Again, no injuries were caused by humans as far as, like, as far as soft tissue damage was concerned. There was no evidence that, that anyone was, like, 
sleeping with anyone else and whatever. I mean, really, the only the only things that are clear on this is it seems like they left the tent suddenly. Yes. Because there were boots left behind. Yes. There were, you know. It was cut from the inside. Right. Cut. Right. From the inside. Which, and that's not, they probably all have knives and something. So well, somebody well, was probably well, like, yes, oh, shit. That's the thing. It was, a, it had <clears> to have <throat> been some sort of panic. Otherwise, why wouldn't you just unzip the tent? Right. And put on your clothes. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. So something made them leave very quickly. Yeah. And they got separated. Mm-hmm. Because probably because four they were, were all, in one area, two yeah. were in one area, three were in within range right. in an area. And four of them interacted with at least three of them because they took their clothes. Yes, yeah. There and, and that was just one example. Mm-hmm. There were multiple examples right. of that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. something made something made yes. them leave instantly. I mean, you're on And they I, and, and you can't possibly know where you're really going. Right. You know? Right. And and they knew, it seems that they knew at some point that some of them were going to survive and some of them weren't, or some of them have had already died and some of them had to keep going. Right. Because of who had whose clothing. And and they all died within six to eight hours of their last meal. Mm-hmm. And this was at night. Yeah, so I'm guessing they figured that out it, because the context of their stomachs probably still had yes. digested. Yes, body, So And was preserved because, I mean, it was yeah. all preserved. Because they were dead. Yeah. Well, because they were frozen, too. Mm-hmm. Again, the... It's, this is the... This is, this is a strange one. This was interesting. Yeah, this is the first all bad things mystery. Yeah. Except Unsolved for the, mysteries with Robert Strack. Yes. Un, Unsolved. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that was the Dyatlov Pass incident. That was, uh, that was, that was a fascinating, that was, uh, that was a new kind of... Because we don't know what this is. Nope. Could could be a natural disaster. That's why it's an could incident. Be, right. Could be a... Yeah. It could be massive. Could, could be, be anything. Yeah. Could be whatever. We'll never know. Yeah. So that was definitely... That, that was that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Once again, I'm David. I'm Rachel. This has been All Bad Things, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>